0: 1% to 2% dehydration, you're not even going to feel thirsty. But 1% to 2% dehydration has about a 5% drop in athletic performance. Like your eye, your eyes are 90% water. You know, how well your lens adjusts to light and to moving and tracking. Imagine if that runs out of water, you know. Your brain is like so much water. Your muscle is so much water. So 1% to 2% dehydration, which you won't even know, will have an effect on performance. So why get to that point? When this baby hits 88 miles per hour,
1: you're going to see some serious shit. And that is the story of human progress, one inch at a time. I'm your host, Joe DiStefano, and you're listening to Stat. today's episode, I sit for a second time with Dr. Ara Sapaya. If you missed episode three of this podcast, Dr. Ara is a sought-after personal physician that travels with the PGA and LPGA tours. He's also the chief medical analyst for the Golf Channel. He is also a practicing ER physician right now on the front lines in Central Florida and is an assistant professor in clinical medicine at the University of Central Florida Medical School. Dr. R and I have become fast friends over recent years because of the remarkably similar way we view health. Him from the medical side and me from call it the performance health happiness side. And the most important area that we always come back to and tend to just completely geek out on is this concept of free medicine. And when I say free medicine, I'm referring to sleep, hydration, sun, earth, tribe, fasting, spiritual practice, and of course, avoiding harm. There's very few things more human than avoiding harm on your path to health. And that's where we pick up on today's show. I asked Dr. Ara about hand sanitizer because I think everyone right now is walking around sanitizing their hands all the time, keeping it in their pocket, on their keychain, in their car, even in their home. We talk about hand washing and specifically hand washing as it relates to the current pandemic and where hand washing, hand sanitizing, and hand nothinging belongs in our current desire to reduce the impact of this pandemic. We talk about the glycemic index, blood sugar, coffee, snacks, and how living dehydrated can just deteriorate your health almost faster than anything else, and a few of Dr. Ara's favorite hacks for that. And If you want to dive deeper into hydration, head on over when you're done with this show to episode 35 with Darren Oleen, co-host of Zack Down to Earth on Netflix, which I think is one of the most popular shows right now, but he is just an absolute wealth of knowledge when it comes to water, and we dive deep into that topic. Back to this show, Dr. Ara and I chat about some of the time that he spent in Africa with the Hazda tribe, hunting and gathering in the savannas of Africa, and what he took back and what he learned from the Hazda approach to nutrition, food, sleep, survival, and exercise, even though they don't call it that. It's always such a pleasure to connect with Dr. Ara and And I was especially grateful to be connecting with him in our current times, as it is just such a privilege for me as a podcaster to be airing an empowering conversation with a practicing ER doc that's in and out of ICUs almost every day and is also juggling some of the most high-performing athletes on the planet. If there's one episode that I think can support your journey and hopefully your belief in free medicine right now, it's this one. As always, guys, thank you so much for listening to this show, subscribing and sharing around to your friends and family. If you have any golfers in your family, I'd be honored if you would share this episode with them because I'm sure they'd recognize Dr. Ara from the Golf Channel. And that's it, guys. I really hope you enjoyed today's show. I really, really, really think you you will. And if you do, please leave a review or just throw me a rating down on iTunes or Spotify, wherever you're finding these shows. And the last thing before we get started, guys, a quick shout-out to this week's podcast partners, my good friends at Quicksilver Scientific and Traeger Grills. Now, if you're new to Quicksilver, uh, you probably see me sharing their products almost every single day, it seems, on my social media because I use them every single day. And In fact, Dr. R and I actually stumble into talking about Quicksilver on accident on today's show because apparently we're both big fans. The product we talked about on today's show is called Quinton, and this is delivered in two forms. One of them is called isotonic, and one of them is called hypertonic. And both of these tonics are structured forms of seawater which are absolutely loaded with minerals. In in fact, I think there's at least almost 80 different minerals inside this little vial of seawater that is also structured. So it is basically communicating to your cells in the language they speak. Now the common question I get is what's the difference between ISO and hypertonic solutions? And the idea here is that isotonic is essentially optimizing the level of hydration and mineralization you're at right now. So if you took a hypertonic in the morning, you're probably pretty good. Take an isotonic to keep that spirit running. Now, if you're depleted, like from exercise or first thing in the morning, that's where you want to replenish your cells and your mineralization, Emilia and I both take one or two hypers in the morning first thing as soon as we wake up and one or two isos in the evening the second before we're going to sleep. And this is something we'll probably maintain and never stop because of the impact it's had on our energy and, and hydration status and also the amazing multitude of symptoms that we've seen it resolve in clients, friends, and family, people that have night cramps, dizziness. Uh, just fluctuations in energy or vitality. This is the lowest hanging fruit. And honestly, I swear it tends to just support, help, and alleviate 80% of these basic fundamental issues that I see. And if you guys head on over to quicksilverscientific.com, just like it sounds, quick. SilverScientific.com. You can check out Quinton for yourself as a standalone product or as part of some of the bundles that Quicksilver has, including their 90 day quarantine recovery program. Quinton is a staple in this program, along with products like NAD, glutathione, and the Push Catch Liver Detox. And don't forget to use code STACKED at checkout to save 15% on your first order or my new code. Code Coach Joe 2020 for returning customers. That's Coach Joe, C O A C H J O E 2020 for returning customers to save at least 10% on all of your future orders. And last, my good friends at Traeger Grills, head on over to TraegerGrills.com slash stacked. That's T R A E G E R G R I L L S dot com slash stacked and start grilling smarter, not Harder. Traeger has been in the business over 30 years, guys. This is the original wood pellet grill with six in one versatility so that you can grill, smoke, bake, roast, braise, or barbecue with a fully connected grilling experience that they call Wi-Fi technology. Their grills automatically monitor your meat's internal temperature and allow you to adjust cooking cycles right from the trigger app on your phone. So you basically bring the power of over 1,500 recipes, some of which were written and created by some of the world's top shelf, shelf, top chefs to your fingertips and allow you to cook your food perfectly almost every single time. If you follow me on social media, you saw me share how we smoke our wild salmon on our Traeger Grill because smoking actually preserves more of the nutrient content. And specifically, I was looking at research around vitamin D, which is just so important right now, along with hydration. Vitamin D might be the single most important thing you can do for your health right now to optimize your immune system. And unfortunately, just like the rates of dehydration being just rampant in the U.S. population— Over 70% of us are highly deficient in vitamin D. And when we think about getting more vitamin D, of course, supplementation is a great idea, but why not look to our food? Now, when we look at salmon, wild salmon has over 75% more vitamin D than farmed. But if we pan fry it or burn it, We can destroy over 50% of that content. And that's where I post it on social media. If you basically burn or pan fry farmed salmon, you're almost eating chicken. (laughs) So, guys, check these guys out. Head on over to TraegerGrills.com slash DAC, T-R-A-E-G-E-R-G-R-I-L-L-S dot com slash And check out the full line of portable or permanent home grill setups. I've got the Ironwood 650 at my house, if you're curious that are now available with 0% financing so you can focus on flavor and stay in a good mood with good food. All right, guys, as always, thank you so much for listening and enjoy today's show with Dr. Ara Sapaya. That's the thing of this, like, I feel like we, at the outset, it was about flattening the curve and, and understanding there was going to be a large number of people that get this. So let's just extrapolate those across a greater period of time. And I feel like now it's it's more trying to stop everybody from being exposed and, and not trying to flatten the curve, but like eliminate anybody getting sick at the expense of potentially our children's health. And, you know, that's what scares me.
0: Yeah. I mean, even think about it, right? Like the overuse of you know, hand wipes and sanitization, like people are wiping everything down. Dude, you're destroying, like where's the microbiome? Right. You know, think about all those things, like the exaggerated and abnormal response. Like, and you know, it's shocking to me. The younger generation, they're so worried. They are worrying about all this stuff. You know, I go to work, mm-hmm. the wife is like scrubbing my keyboard down. And I'm like, what are you doing? And she's like, I'm cleaning it. I'm making first clean for you. I'm like, no, I, I, I'm i okay. Like, it's fine. And right. he looked at me as if like, oh my God, what are you doing? I'm like, you know, a little bit of bacteria, we need that. It's good. I'm not going to get COVID from my keyboard.
1: <laughs> Unless you had COVID 12 days ago.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I wish I already got it like a COVID now. <sighs>
1: but but I think that's a, such an important this you know the the hygiene hypothesis, right when we look at um, not even what we're dealing with now, but just the general health of our kids, right you know so you know when you were a kid and even when I was a kid, like I remember Perel, I think we had it when I was like maybe in high school, but when I was a kid, I mean there was no sanitizing my hands and no, and I think
0: you know, my house in Malaysia does not have any of this. yeah so, nothing. You went out, you plucked the vegetables from the garden, you know, you touch all the leaves, you pick the ones, you touch the different ones, and you oh, let's pick this one, let's pick that one. And then you had all the microbiome, you came and threw it straight in the fucking food. Right. Wash you your hands, nothing. You know, and when I was in Tanzania, that was, that was the most interesting to, thing to me. Like, you know, when the hunter-gatherers, they, they went, or even even the ladies, when you went to gather with them, right? You got scratched and cuts and little scrapes by bushes, rocks, stones, which are ridden, laden with microbiome. Right. So throughout the day, you were continuously being inoculated by the microbiome from your surroundings. So your microbiome, the flora of your skin, the flora on your hair, the flora on the soil of your feet, and that thing is in your fingernails. So it goes into your, you know, the crevices of your nails, your hands, your skin. It, you, you eat. You just put something on a fire and then you use your hands and eat it. That's no utensils. So it's. I, I realized that there was this constant um, influx, if you like, of microbiome, and it wasn't. Lactoblas- lactobacillus plantarum, of you know saccharomyces boiates it wasn't it was the leaves the tree bark it was the the, the, the rocks the sand it was all of those things
1: right it, So then what are we, you know, what are we to do now? Right. Because I think it's, it is such an important issue and it's, you know, it's funny because when I was doing uh, all the obstacle racing stuff, it would, I would think about it a lot, like, Holy smokes, like, you know, getting covered in mud in a different part of the country every weekend. Like that's probably pretty damn good for your biome.
0: (laughs) Unbelievable. You know? Yeah. And I, and I think that, well, I think there's a few things people can do, you know, like you know, go mow your lawn barefooted. Don't don't be worried about walking bare, you know, bare feet. You know, right. um, go hiking. Go grab some rocks and just climb over it. Like it's, we don't do any of those things, you know.
1: Right, it's funny how like you know I was just listening to a you know a, an audio book or whatever it was. It was a podcast or an audio book. I don't know. Really, everything is always on, and so I just listened to different stuff. But anyway, it was about birth and you know how you know how far it's it's come from its kind of natural state. Sort of how you know how medical it is, how sanitary it is. How you know, and they were joking about like you know, pretty soon we're going to have to go to the hospital to have sex. And so we don't like, you know, contaminate anything. And it's not even, it's not a COVID thing. It's just, it's just saying how we've kind of gone so far. And when, you know, Amelia and I, we hike a lot barefoot and every single time we do, even if it's a relatively easy hike, people are like, are you out of your mind? Like, you're crazy. That must hurt so bad. So I feel like, yeah. And I feel like there's this, it's crazy, like the world that we've kind of architected, right? It's this like, you know, don't get dirty. We learn, you know, as a kid, it's like we learn not to get dirty. We're taught to, you know, make sure our clothes don't get dirty. We're taught to, you know, put our shoes on before we go somewhere. We're taught to use the hand sanitizer. You know, what is, what is the effect? What would be your like ideal if you were me and you had a baby boy? Like what would be your how would you raise him you know would you ever tell him to like worry about his clothes or would you just throw him out into the wild
0: no i I have a friend mark wall who's a pt on the pga tour he's like a brother to me and he's his boy Rowan. is you know he's i'm I'm the godfather for him and that boy is unbelievable he is so developed compared to other kids and literally the kid just you know plays in the dirt and, and, and runs barefooted. Like half the time he's running around naked. Like you have to break the mold that society wants you to live in. You know, you have to be okay with not being accepted by society. That's the only way we're going to be. You know, I, I have a saying that we need free range organic humans. Yeah. We, we don't have that anymore. So You know, the food comes in a package, like, you know, you wash it. Like, I mean, it's crazy, dude. It's gone so far the other way that we are losing the fundamental connections. You know, kids should be out playing bad feet and dirty hands. That's how you, that's how. And then get that mud on your fingers and put it in your face and it's okay. Like, it's totally okay.
1: You know, totally okay to do that. So back where, you know, back where we, this, this kind of picked up and, and I want to kind of talk a little bit more about hand sanitizer because, you know, I, I try to tell like my mom, right. Who's, you know, in her sixties and she's, uh, you know, the COVID is, is all over the place. And so she's probably hand sanitizing 68 times a day or something. And I try to have this conversation, but you know, people do think you're crazy. So what is the appropriate, like if you, if you had, so you had no hand wash, you had traditional, old school hand wash with soap and warm water, and then you had hand sanitizer. What kind of activities, like how would you categorize? All right. So like, you know, you might say like, okay, if you go to the grocery store, like come home and wash your hands. But if you, you know, you use the subway, use the hand sanitizer, what kind of, like, can you help people kind of decide when it's appropriate to, to use a sanitizer over just a, a cross your fingers or a hand wash?
0: You know, here's, here's what I'll tell you, right? If you are inside your home, There's no need to like, it's a, it's a, it's a contained environment that you are familiar with. Okay. I, in my house, don't use a hand sanitizer at all. Okay. Not at all. I will wash my hands, uh, before a meal and I use regular soap and water. That is it. Okay. Um, but other than that, I don't, I don't use any of the other things. Now, If I were to go to, let's say, a public um, environment where there is, um, you know, like you said, supermarket. You go to supermarket. You have you want to use the push cart, the trolley, the baskets, or whatever, right? That is has had multiple touch points. And if you're concerned there, then you can wipe that down. Okay. But if you wipe it down and wipe your hands down, and then you use that, and you you you're touching produce. Like from what we know, the, viruses don't, the virus does not live on those produce, right? There's no reason to come back and then hand sanitize your whole body and hands again. Just wash it with soap if you want. Regular soap and water is all you need to, to actually kill the bacteria because the bacteria has a lipid uh, fat covering to it and soap takes that off. Hmm. You know? In a yeah. hospital setting... It's it's different. Uh, there is a, there is contamination from a whole variety of other things, including MRSA. And, you know, we, we shouldn't forget in the hospital that it's not just COVID. We have influenza. We have hepatitis. We have uh, MRSA. We have uh, enterococcus bacteria, like a lot of bacteria, right? So sanitizing there is required. But you don't need, I mean, why would you want to sanitize in your house, which is a contained environment, you know? right that doesn't make sense to me now i do think you need to wash your hands and and especially if you're around people who have a cold allergies all those kind of things and you are constantly touching your face and the people around you are constantly touching your face then yes washing your hands on a more frequent basis absolutely but if you live in your house and no one has any symptoms and everyone's healthy no no don't do that yeah yeah
1: that's great. And, and as we kind of proceed, because one of the things, you know, admittedly, like I'm looking forward to getting back to, to some normalcy, right? Like I, I want to see my friends when we come back to the US. I want to, you know, be able to you know skip down the street maybe not wearing a mask and gloves and you know I'm I'm looking forward to that and you know like we talked about going to Paris this weekend where the lockdowns have been somewhat lifted because they were so intense at the start yeah um it was I feel it was healthy for me and Amelia and and baby boy not that he probably consciously was aware of it but we felt an uplift in our in our spirit, just seeing this yeah. improve or this change in this normalcy. So, as we prepare for that, because one of the things I'm I'm kind of worried about is you know people not really knowing how to go back to normal or being extremely scared to you know not have the mask on or when these things are lifted. So, what would be your sort of regimen, Doctor Ara, in terms of uh, when when things get back to normal? You know, it's day one. Uh, you can now go outside freely what would you do that morning what would you have for breakfast what supplements would you take what how much water would you drink what kind of protocol are you going to be using when when we get back to some type of normalcy
0: okay great question i love this love this so here's what i, I advocate uh, advocate and I, I i speak about this quite often actually there there's a concept called uh, that i coined called free medicine right so to me free medicine is sunlight okay it's movement it's deliberate movement functional movement okay it is hydration and nutrition it is social interaction uh, like human connection okay and the last one is sleep so when we are and these are fundamental things absolute fundamental things and it's shocking that you know a doctors don't prescribe this; they rather prescribe a pill. But patients, on the other hand, would also prefer a pill. <laughs> you know, it helps so much more. I had an encounter recently one one of uh, my my players' wives, and she called me up and she said my migraine is so bad. And you know, I, I talked to her, and her sleep wasn't great. And I said, you you know, if you slept a little bit more. Probably break the cycle, you know? And she's like, ah, oh, you know, can I just not have a pill? You know? Yeah. I have a pen in the acute setting. Like when it's really bad, you want that. But coming back to this, here's what I would do. I would absolutely start my day having slept for seven, eight hours minimum of good quality sleep in a dark, cold room without Any EMF, like my phone, my computer is nothing near me at all within like, like in a completely different place. Uh, Having, having woken up from that sleep, I would start my day by going outdoors and getting as much sun exposure as I can for 20 minutes. As much meaning, you know, back, neck, arms, legs, you know, get out there naked if you can. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> you know, go back there and just stand around there and just hang out there, you know. You can you can do yoga if you want, you can do whatever you want, or just stand there and don't, just go for a walk, like it doesn't matter. But as much as you can, and I say twenty minutes because beyond that you run the risk of, you know, sunburn and I gotta be careful with that. So I wanna make sure that people, you know, beyond that, you if you wanna be out in the sun, you gotta be a little bit more careful, right? But the first twenty minutes you're fine. You're completely fine, right? right? A, right that's going to help set your circadian rhythm b it is vital nutrient sunlight is not just vitamin d it's been reduced to vitamin d it's not uv rays you know gamma rays sunlight the different spectrums of light is an essential nutrient okay so you get that nutrient. It, it resets the whole body to get you up and going. It kind of mobilizes your immune cells. Uh, once I've done that, then, you know, this is where, you know, our, our individual preference is, is, you know, completely fine. Some people want to start the day with a cup of coffee. Go for it. Some people will say, you know, I want to start, I want to start with a tall glass of water. Go for it. Like, I'm not going to pick and choose all, all that battle. You do whatever you want, right? <laughs> but- I would say whatever you do, do it so that you don't spike your blood sugar first thing in the morning. So if you want to have a coffee, don't have a coffee rich in you know, have a coffee, not a frappuccino, not a sh- coffee laden with sugar and super sweet and it's more a dessert than a coffee, right? Don't have your muffin, don't have your donut, don't do any of that. Just have something, eat whatever you want to eat, but make sure it does not it's not high glycemic or, or has a high glycemic load where it's going to spike your blood sugar. That's really important because you, you know, spiking your blood sugar is nutrient again for viruses. But also that interferes with how your body uses uh, or, or generates energy, right? Right. You spike, you release insulin. Insulin has a has a profound effect on how the mitochondria works, um, and how you burn fat, and how you store fat, and how you burn, you break down muscle. So, really, really, I'm not like I said, I'm not going to nitpick what you want to do. Whatever you do, just don't spike your blood sugar, right? So this is where again, like nutrient, like when when I talk about nutrition being free medicine, nutrition's that that is as Close to its organic state, original state, that's not going to spike your blood sugar is very, very important, right? Nutrients, right. Nu- nutrients that are colorful in the raw state is ideal nutrition.
1: In, in their raw state. So... Backing up one sec, are you concerned at all, Dr. Ara, with uh, any sort of liver glycogen release from like a black coffee? Because this is a a question I get quite a bit because there's a lot of folks uh, that, you know, promote fasting and things. And it's the big question is like, does coffee break my fast? And, you know, I always say, if you add calories to it, whether it's fat or, or anything, you know, you're breaking your fast calories, but, but the question always comes back, you know, uh, and people that have, you know, CGMs and, you know, or, or track their glucose other ways always say like, well, even black coffee spikes my blood sugar. So are you concerned with that glip, which is obviously not, not as substantial as, you know, a tablespoon of, uh, sugar in your coffee
0: yeah no so again this is a very interesting uh, observation right so my when i drink black coffee it does not spike my blood sugar but i know some people it does okay right. so
1: yep.
0: whether whether it i i think it comes down to how sensitive you are to uh, your lipases to caffeine and how well you can metabolize caffeine
1: Right. Yeah, there's the fast and slow oxidizers. Right.
0: Right. Right. Like I am, uh, you know, I can have a cup of coffee and go to bed. Like <laughs> my girlfriend Sarah. Oh my God! If she has a coffee after twelve, she's still she at ten o'clock. She's like I can't sleep, and I was like, why? And she goes, I had a coffee at like one o'clock. And I'm oh like, it's one o'clock. Like, what are you talking about? You know, I was like so i've been monitoring my sh- my thing and it doesn't so if you are vigilant and you are you know at that level functioning at that level operating at that level and you are monitoring your blood sugar and you notice that hey even black coffee spikes some bl- blood sugar then don't do it this is why i don't give a definitive right figure it out for yourself if you think this is not going to spike your blood sugar go for it you know but right. there are obvious things that do right so you know, adding sugar, adding creamer, adding, you know, all those things to a coffee, A, if you're fasting, it's breaking your fast because they are calories, right? And B, you know, they are going to spike your blood sugar most of the time. So if you wear a CGM and you know, black coffee spikes your blood sugar, then I wouldn't recommend it at that time. Right. Great
1: and and going back to your vegetable comment you you mentioned raw vegetables right so if you're going to you know I'm imagining like if you're going to make like an omelet and like cut some up pe- uh, peppers and onions or something and throw it in you would yeah. did did you say you prefer you know raw vegetables like you would actually rather have the peppers on the side raw than yeah. than chop them correct. up and cook them
0: correct for for most vegetables i would rather just put them on the side you know or like, if you're making an omelet, put it in right before you fold it. Yeah. Right before you fold it, just do that. I just don't want them overcooked, and you lose all the nutrient benefits. Right. right. There, there, there are a few exceptions to this. Now, if you have kidney stones, for instance, and you can't handle oxalate, then you want to be very careful about the amount of raw spinach you eat because that those certain foods are rich in oxalates, and you'll get kidney stones. Right. So mm-hmm. I would I, I would avoid that. So again, coming down to what you know about yourself. For most parts though, like right now, I will tell you every evening, and it's crazy, like I'm one of those guys, I can eat the same food every day, it doesn't bother me <laughs> at all, right? So I have this huge salad, and the ingredients in the salad is spinach, organic spinach that's chopped up, a handful of organic blueberries, right? Yeah. Uh, Mushrooms. That uh, The mushrooms, uh, she sautés them. She sautés them in a little bit of butter, a little bit of salt and pepper. And she kind of uh, cooks it really fast. And then we put that in there, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, raw tomatoes, diced up. Mix all that up with a little bit of sesame oil and a little bit of olive oil. And that's it. That's it. Like I, I have that every single day because A, I want to make sure I get all my phytonutrients. B, I want to make sure I'm getting all my vitamins through my food as much as possible. Right? Yeah. I like the fact that, you know, mushrooms have immune modulating uh, properties, but again, you don't want to overcook them and destroy them. Uh, mm. Although I heard something really interesting, I haven't looked this up yet. A buddy of mine who's a formulator and nutritionist, he said if you leave mushrooms out in the sun, they actually concentrate vitamin D for you. Did you know that? Whoa! Yeah, wow. dude, I did not know that. <laughs> So we've been <laughs> doing, sort of leaving it out in the sun in the morning for like twenty minutes, and then just putting it in there. So I, I've been doing it. I haven't, I, I haven't checked it. So anybody out there, if you know that to be true or not true, just let me know. I'm <laughs> telling you what I, what I heard. I just thought it was very interesting, but it's totally plausible, right? Because the plant kingdom is so brilliant and smart. So.
1: Um, especially mushrooms. Every time I talk to somebody oh. about mushrooms and I had Tarot, I don't know how to say his last name. So I just call him Tarot on the podcast. And uh, yeah. uh, he's the creator of Four Sigmatic. And, you know, mushrooms are almost freaky when you start to learn about them. And the fact that they're, you know, they're actually somewhere between plants and animals. They're not, they're neither, <laughs> you know, they are they're incredible biological machines.
0: Yeah. And, you know, ancient tribes have used them forever. Right. Right. So they've always known like, how come like I, I, it's one of my defaults. If I see uh, something that's been used by the Chinese, the Inca tribe, the Ayurvedic people, you know, any of those ancient tribes, then, then, you know, I believe that it's going to be good. I I really doubt it's not going to be good. So, you know, it it has, you know, adaptogen properties. It just, that, like that salad, that, meal on its own i I don't i don't eat that with anything else i just eat that on its own once a day makes sure that i get my fix during this period right because i i have to go work in the hospital i i don't want to be prone to being you know uh, immunocompromised in any way so so again coming back to nutrients avoiding avoiding blood sugar spikes super important and then hydrating really really key and one of the things i've started doing now i used to just say hydrate with water and you know for most people you know you're not you're not working out enough to lose enough electrolytes you know yeah uh, to warrant supplementing with electrolytes even athletes like if you're playing tennis for an hour you don't need electrolytes you haven't lost that much you know you can come back and get it in your meal be a healthy meal but what i've you know um what I've learned is the allostatic load, which is an accumulation of all sorts of stresses, but the, the current stress of, you know, being extra vigilant, being paranoid, being worried, being anxious, being depressed, being socially disconnected, that is a huge psychological load, okay? And the, and the body's response, the allostatic response and then the allostatic load Is the same whether it's that or you have been exposed to EMF or you've been exposed to a toxin or you ate a bunch of uh, stuff that's causing inflammation. It's the same. The response is the same, okay? And so if you look at it over a period of time, the allostatic load causes you to release, you know, uh, you develop insulin resistance to some extent, catecholamines, cortisol, all this kind of stuff. And one of the things it does is it, it tends to go towards breaking down amino acids and, and, and protein uh, breakdown, catabolism, which then leads you to be functionally a little bit more acidotic, okay? Hmm. And so if you have functional acidosis, you, your blood pH doesn't change because it's very tightly controlled. And the body is very, will do anything at, you know to keep the blood pH the same. But your urine pH will change. So that's how you, that's how you can see the, the, the compensatory response the body's uh, employing to keep the blood pH the same. So what I noticed was, okay, if you get functional acidosis, in order to maintain that, that neutrality in the blood, you start using up potassium and magnesium, which are alkaline um, or alkalizing electrolytes. Okay, yeah so I've started adding electrolytes
1: to my water, and I never used to. yeah, interesting. so you did you exclusively add potassium and magnesium, or are you adding sodium and chloride no, I, or anything else? You
0: know, I add a whole i mean I, I, you know I, I can't just get potassium and I don't want to get something synthetic, so like celtic sea salt, is mm-hmm. very easy you know uh are you familiar with the uh, I'm sure you are? um quick quicksilver's uh product the one that they use the marine
1: water the Quinton, Quinton, dude that stuff's so good oh my god i i have about five of them a day (laughs) (laughs) i love
0: them oh my god so that's another one of my go-to so i find days where i am working out hard long runs or playing a bunch of tennis um and I know I'm going to be depleted. I use Quinton, but otherwise on a regular day, well, I work out most days, but not excessively. But then I would, I would just put every, you know, uh, every time I fill up my canister with water, I put two pinches of Celtic sea salt in there.
1: That's terrific. Yeah, I, I love the the quinton, and I think I'm saying that right. I know Rene Quinton, like a hundred years ago, was the guy that first structured yeah. the seawater. And there's some crazy yeah. stories about you know draining draining dogs' blood and replacing it with quinton and watching the dog like not have arthritis <laughs> oh anymore. And, you know these crazy stories. But the funny thing is in Europe. This yeah. is just sort of like first line of defense type stuff. Like you can go buy, it's not always Quinton brand, right? Because that's a patented proprietary like formula that different companies yeah. like Quicksilver can license and, you know, yeah. produce. But here, you know, there's like five, six different brands that are creating, you know, this structured seawater, and you can go to any corner any corner health food store or pharmacy occasionally and just find it. You know, it's just everyone's doing it. And you can get, I can get a liter for $25. <laughs> no way. Yeah. So Amelia and I have been we, we consume quite a bit of the uh, 0.9 isotonic.
0: Yeah, isotonic, yeah.
1: But, yeah, that's uh, what
0: you need. That's all you need. So, you know, coming back to it again, the other thing is to stay on top of your hydration, right? Mm-hmm. I make a point of drinking my entire body weight in water nowadays. Wow. The, the reason is, so whatever I, you know, I, I weigh um you know, just just under 155 pounds. So um I drink 155 ounces of water a day. Wow. Now, if I'm playing tennis and in Florida, like, honestly, I would probably do a third more than that. I drink that much water. Two reasons. One is I want to stay super hydrated. Right? Yeah. Dehydration does two things. It, it 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 completely has like so profound. It affects how your immune systems mobilize and how well they work. They don't handle dehydration. None of the tissues in the body do. But right now, you know, I hear all these things about, you know. Oh, take this supplement. It's an immune booster, blah, blah, blah. I, A, I'm not sure about boosting your immune system. I think you need to support it. But B, that's basic stuff that you can do that will make sure your immune system is working well. Your lymphatics are full. Your immune system are like Think about the soldiers that are hydrated and ready to go to war versus someone who's slumped over, like dehydrated and tired and cannot move. That's yourself, right? So A, I don't want that. And B... If You're dehydrated, you become more acidotic. Your urine will concentrate and all this kind of stuff, and I don't want that. So that's again, like I said to you, concept of free medicine, right? We address the nutrition, we address the hydration. We already started with the with the sunlight. Okay. Yep. And then comes coming on to working out, here's where it's interesting. You know, the there's 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 Science that shows that you don't want to do too much high-intensity workout. Because shortly afterwards, you have a window where your immune systems are what you call down-regulated. They're not, they're not, okay. focused, right? Yeah. Because they consume a ton of energy and you run your, you're in a catabolic state in your energy negative state a little bit. And so while the body's trying to rebuild that, that time, you run that risk. Okay. Right. In theory, that's a risk, but I don't, I mean, you're not exactly surrounded, you know, you're not by, by all this stuff that I, 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 don't think it makes a sense, makes any difference. So personally for me, uh, there's, I, I work out twice a day. So in the morning, it's very light stuff. Walking, I'll do, I'll do three minute, three and a half minute jump ropes. And then you know, I do this combination, three and a half minutes of jump rope, and then literally just doing a little bit of lunges, three and a half minute jump rope, lunges, three and a half minute lunges, lunges and it takes about 20 minutes and it's done, right, okay, so I do that routine, and then uh I would add in, if I'm not playing tennis, I would put in a, a lifting session, and again, it's it's basic stuff, it's squats, it's pulling, it's uh, kettlebells, it's push-ups, it's pull-ups, just basic movement, right? But I try to incorporate in any given week, the six things that I I classify as the, 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 the you know, when, when, when you look at exercise, I don't call it exercise, I call it movement. Movement is an essential nutrient, right? And there are different types of movement. So I incorporate speed, So sometimes it's just sprint work. okay. And if I can sprint on on somewhere that's grass, I do it barefooted as much as I can. Uh, So so there's uh, speed, there's strength, there's power, there's endurance, there's agility. And agility I put in there with things like yoga, flexibility, and all that kind of stuff. And then there's what I call visual intelligence. Visual intelligence is the ability to crack a ball, to anticipate, to have eye dominance and, you know, uh, see things really well. If you combine all those things and you see someone who's, you know, just athletically brilliant, they have a combination of all five. So if you think of like, think of Roger Federer or Nadal or someone like that. They look spectacular because they have all five. Right. You look at LeBron, he looks Phenomenal, look, Kobe, Michael, you know, Ali. Look at all, name any athlete and you, they will have all five components. So any given week, my workout regimen is based around incorporating all five things twice a week.
1: And, and when do you sneak in the uh, L-sits on the kettlebells? <laughs> I saw on oh, your Instagram, you're doing like
0: yeah, a... That, that, one, that one actually is really... <laughs> That's workout. <laughs> but I found that doing it on doing the L C to the kettlebell on on grass is really good for the core. Oh, oh my yeah. god.
1: <laughs> w- Wobble it all over the place. Oh my god. <laughs> yeah oh my god no that's it's terrific and i think that it, it it's a very simple kind of program and i was just I, when you were talking about water i was thinking back to my podcast with darren Oleen where we talked a lot about hydration and he had some insane stats just in terms of like the the amount of water the average american's drinking it's like you know two wow, ounces wow. a day or something it's like wow. something just it's so cool. abysmal. um cool. just t-
0: bad. And, and here's a here's a here's a fact like you know, one to 2% dehydration, you're not even going to feel thirsty. Okay. But one to 2% dehydration has about a 5% drop in athletic performance. Now, it doesn't necessarily mean, you know, athletic performance as a whole, like I mentioned, like your eye, your eyes are 90% water. Right. You know, the, the, your, the, acu- how well your lens adjusts to light and to moving and tracking, imagine if that runs out of water. You know, your brain is like so much water. Your muscle is so much water. So 1% to 2% dehydration, which you won't even know, will have an effect on performance. Yeah. So why, why, why get to that point? Right, right. You know, why get to that point?
1: Hey guys, sorry to interrupt the show. I wanted to tell you about one of my favorite performance hacks. And that hack is Keon's Aminos. These aminos, which you can check out at getkeon.com/slash stacked are the single most absorbable form of amino acids that you're going to find. In fact, only about 50% of the amino acids in our food uh, is actually absorbed, which is why Amelia, who's predominantly still vegan and has been, she was vegan for seven years and now I you know, with the pregnancy and the baby and breastfeeding, we're, you know, doing a great job at getting fish oil and some other animal products uh, into her to make sure her nutrition is optimized. But aminos uh, enable us to ensure that she's getting adequate amino acids because she's not the type to eat a steak. And these pure plant-based essential amino acids in the key on Aminos. Are gonna have twice the absorption of any protein that she might eat. So if we're getting a small amount of protein on a plant-based diet, it is even more important to maximize our aminos consumption. And this is the easiest way to do it. So head on over to getkeon.com/slash stacked. Check out aminos and any of the other products. I love Flex as well. And of course, the coffee's delicious. And help yourself stay energized and boost recovery, support muscle mass and neurotransmitter production. All in one product. All right, guys, that's it. Enjoy the rest of the show with Doctor Ara Sapaya. And I do want to talk more about your exercise regimen because I think it's interesting, and I think it helps people kind of uh, put put the different types of activities in buckets and and really have a well rounded program. Um, one thing on the on this sort of hydration slash acidity alkaline scale you know we've talked a lot about breathing and you know uh, we've talked about you know as people are kind of transitioning from you know maybe mouth breathing to nose breathing and and some of the sort of acidity and and issues that we can have kind of in the blood and you know I've had people do like a teaspoon of baking soda in the morning to to support that and I see incredible improvements both in just their sort of subjective how do you feel when you do the breath work uh you know with the sodium bicarbonate but honestly anecdotally with me you know if i'm going to do sprints as an example and and i take some of that baking soda for my breath work it's like i notice a big difference especially when it's a you know like a real like maybe a 10 minute like all out workout uh what, what what's going on there why does sodium bicarbonate kind of help with some of the acidity that that maybe we'd be experiencing either from exercise or or from b- mouth breathing too much
0: well i think i
1: you know the obvious answer is it's a
0: bicarb right so it, it helps more lactic acid and so it's a natural buffer but i think also you know in the hospital setting if we if someone is running low in sodium one of the best ways to give someone sodium is to give them sodium bicarbonate. So bicarbonate doesn't exist on its own. It exists as a salt of sodium, right? So when you consume sodium bicarbonate, you're consuming both sodium and water, which affects your hydration and your cellular function. But coming back to, you know, I've noticed that too, where if I were to do an assault bite challenge, then consuming bicarb, Definitely, I don't necessarily see an increase in performance as such, but oh my god, the next day my legs are still good to go because normally it, it's one of those brutal things that you know, that and the Versa Climber. I produce so much lactic acid, bro, when I do that, it's crazy. <laughs> it's the Versa worry.
1: Climber, oh god, oh but my I, love gosh.
0: I love anything that is close to like pushing me, like, to to breaking point. I love it. I'm like, okay, let's go. Let's go. (laughs) um, Taking, uh, drinking that absolutely makes a difference. And, you know, in the tennis world, um, it's interesting. People who cramp up, there's, there's like, this uh, anecdotal story that drinking bicarb, taking bicarb is actually very helpful. Hmm. You know? So, I think that's what it does. It helps... Uh, providing an alkaline buffer to mopping up uh, your, your ability to mop up um, lactic acid should be better. But I also, you know, timing it is also important because when you consume bicarb, it stays in the body for a short period of time. Now, if you are a mouth breather, then you're going to convert that, like your body converts it, breaks it down, converts it to carbon dioxide and you breathe it out. So if you tend to be, um uh, uh you know a heavy mouth breeder and and becoming
1: more acidotic then clearly that's going to help you right right for sure. one of the things I wanted to kind of uh flip back to is just the the oxalates in plant foods that you mentioned because I think you know as as we're as we always are just in this world of you know kind of conflicting opinions and different approaches and you know folks bouncing between diets and uh mm. oxalates oxalates are one of these plant compounds that i think a lot of the kind of more carnivorous uh People like to point at as to be as to a reason to avoid plants and and mm. now you know it's it's interesting because it's when you look at insulin you look at blood sugar you know the carnivore diet it's like wow like you know you're not consuming all this and and then you read a book like uh, Sayer G's book Regenerate and it's you yeah. know more it's more about you know uh, the the information and the genetic sort of uh, you know the genetic sort of upticks you're getting from some of these plant cough ads and things but can you kind of tell us just a little bit more about oxalates because I know that. Uh, you know, a lot of people are are maybe sensitive and maybe don't know it. And I think it comes out a lot on uh, different genetic and GI tests where, you know, it's like, why can't I, why can't I have spinach anymore? You know, and... so, So oxalate is metabolized,
0: you know, a, well, let's put it this way. You have a tendency, a genetic tendency, not you, but people have a genetic tendency either to be able to break down oxalate or to accumulate X oxalate in the blood. Okay? Mm-hmm. Okay, now, if you are somebody who genetically tends to make oxalate stones, that means that, you know, you just like you can't break down certain things like coffee, you may not be able to break down certain coffee as well. You have the same tendency towards oxalates, so you're more likely to form oxalate stone genetically, right? Oxalate is also. You know, like microbiome, your microbiome is a big source of detoxification. It's also a big area where it breaks down oxalate. So if you don't have the right microbiome, then you can't break down oxalate, which then gets in the, gets in the bloodstream, gets in the urine, and you tend to form kidney stones, right? Mm. And And so that's why I said, if you know your genetic tendencies, if you have a family history of kidney stones, then I would I would avoid it. I would I would I would use some, I would use a different form of. Not all plants increase your the oxalate. There are there are plants that definitely increase oxalate. So if you have that tendency, just avoid them. Eat something else. You know? Right.
1: I but just think- do, do- Do you know off the top of your head kind of the most uh, the most oxalate rich? Because I know I think spinach is high, but I think chard is low. And I, you know, do you know any off the top of your head, Doc? Just uh, kind of the most Uh, common sources.
0: uh, It's it's oxalic acid. Is it's you know if you you know I look at foods that uh, generate a bunch of uh, oxalic acid uh, rather than uh, oxalate. You know. But like um, spinach is pretty high. Beets are pretty high. Um, even y- y look at like tendency people get uh, kidney stones. Cocoa powder, very high. Kale, very high. So those are generally leafy green vegetables tend to be uh, overall a very simple way of saying, okay, you know what? These things are going to put up my oxalate. So then eat something else, you know? Right.
1: I think almonds, almonds
0: are pretty high in, in that too. Huh.
1: Yeah, no, because I think it's, you know, it's funny, right? Because just over the course of the last bunch of years, it was... You know diet. You know first we started talking about gluten, and then it went to you know FODMAPs and nightshades and oxalates, and it seems like every year there's a different you know yeah. another another one of these another one of these plant compounds came out and people started to worry about it. And I think it was in part just because so many people were paying attention, and you know everyone went gluten free and that didn't work, and so we had to keep digging deeper. So it's a it's an amazing progression. But uh, yeah.
0: look look at look at now the long term effects of key, the the. Uh, keto diet uh you know and like getting to a point where you are in ketosis for that long has effects on bone mineral density and, and a lot of people don't do it correctly that's the problem you know yeah and i here's here's what i'll tell you my, my my take to all of this i've never been a person who says you know this diet or that diet or anything like that just just never made sense to me you know because A, if you look at, you look at the animal kingdoms, like the animals don't do that. You know, a horse doesn't just one day say, you know what? I think I should try to eat some meat. (laughs) Yeah. You know, a lion doesn't say, you know what? I think I should go vegan. Like they, they they don't do that. They don't have time to sit down and worry about all this stuff. They just do what naturally makes sense to them. And when I spent the time in Tanzania with the tribe, right? Here's a group of people that have never had this conversation, you know? And and really, the food that they eat is dictated by what they can get their hands on, and what they can get their uh, hands on is determined about, you know determined by the season. You know, migration of animals versus plants that grow, plants that don't grow. You know, the availability of fruits. So it's it's not as stringent as we think. And these are these people were really healthy, and they aged remarkably well. You know, and this conversation about high fat, low fat, carnivorous, non carnivorous, vegetables, no vegetables didn't happen. It did not happen. They lived a very simple life. You know? Now, I I do think, you know, when when I come back and people say to me, Well, you can't live like that. Yes, I, I do agree. Our lifestyles require changes in our diet. We cannot live like them because they're not exposed to the amount of toxins and EMF and sitting down and you know, what what I call stasis that 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 we do. You know?
1: So not we yet need, anyway.
0: Not yet. <laughs> well yeah. Hopefully. Until oh the god.
1: EMF is coming down from space, then, dude, then they're god. gonna get it.
0: Oh my god, dude. Like you know,
1: <laughs> they'll be on so. Facebook soon.
0: <laughs> it will be. They'll be like, hey, you wanna follow me on Instagram? And I'm yeah, like
1: Yeah <laughs> Oh my um,
0: lord. But you know, we need to adapt our diet to the fact that you know our environment uh, exposes us to a little bit more toxins. So we need to be able to have, you know, the ability to, uh, uh, to detoxify. So we need nutrients specifically for that in particular things like sulfur, you know, sulfur based foods are very important for us. Right. Yeah. And then, um, you know, we, the, the foods that we eat generally, like if you look at the meat that they, I mean, when they caught a wild pig and, you know, they ate the, the meat tasted. Totally different. Mm. Oh, my God. The fat on that animal tasted nothing like I'd ever eaten. Totally different. For the better. Oh, for the better. Yeah. Oh, my God. (laughs) Oh, good. Literally, he caught it. You know, he charred off the the, the hand, the skin, singed it all off, scraped it all off. Then he quartered it, and then he cut the back and, like, put put it on a stick, put it on a fire, and then handed it to me no seasoning nothing it was still the best meat i've eaten dude oh my god yeah so yes we don't get that right so we have we have to adjust our diets based on our lifestyle and the quality of the foods that we get so that's where the, there's a little bit of difference but i've never been a believer in extremes you know i i do think there's a place for vegetables in our in our diet, plant-based diet i do think there's a need for uh animal proteins you know personally and i know i know that may not sit well with everybody it's just my personal belief is that you know um, right and i think
1: the extremes come from the extremes <laughs> so you know if you if you if you go yeah. If you go keto for too long and you completely mess yourself up, then all of a sudden the only thing that's gonna work for you is uh, you know, high carb, you know yeah.
0: eat, to go eat, the other way.
1: Yep. Eating raisins all day to try to get your, your body back online. But it, but another thing that kinda you know, when you talked about eating seasonally and, you know, hunting and gathering essentially and you know, today you're having pork and today you tomorrow you're having beef and you know, I yeah. talked about a little bit about this with Paul Check on the show just a few weeks ago, but I think, you know, as it relates to things like oxalates and FODMAPs and uh, anything else, even gluten, um, it seems to be a quantity problem here. In other words, we need extremes, like as an example, the carnivore diet because, you know, we had the the dark chocolate almond beet kale smoothie every morning for four years in a row, and now we've got this massive oxalate problem, and the only solution is uh you know uh pork 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 fat and you know cutting them all out so yeah the extremes i think you know it's a quantity issue with a lot of these quote toxins and then yeah the extremes are just correcting the last extreme you you dabbled into
0: yeah that's actually i haven't looked at it that way but you're 100 percent right that makes a lot of sense actually
1: you know because they're all opposites of each other right (laughs)
0: right the pendulum swings completely to one end and then they go completely the other end you know yeah it's like the intermittent fasting which is in 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 in, uh in in vogue right now which which i actually don't think it's like that's one of those things i think physiologically makes a lot of sense to me intermittent fasting but it's not it's not they're not saying like you should eat this and not eat this and not they're just they're just saying You know, have a window in which you eat your food and then have a long period to rest the body. So that makes sense to me. But yeah, you are right. They are, they are, are the polarizing views of, you know, this diet versus that diet oftentimes leads you to one path and then you got to make a U turn and come back and just go the other way. You know, otherwise you get sick. And, and here's the other thing. I, I, you know, when I first started looking at all of this, I, I was introduced to, you know you don't really study this in in medical school um but i, I came across dan buettner's article in the blue zones right and right. and it was a time when my mom you know was you know in, in the 60s and I, I was like you know what i wanted to live longer like how you know and so i came across this article and i started reading a bunch on this stuff and the blue zones are sim- very similar like they they don't actually leave out any big groups you know Right. the 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 fundamental principles are the same. They this you know they don't eat a ton of meat. A lot of places there they they eat meat. You know like Okinawa. They they said they use meat more like a condiment. You know a little bit on the side. You know, but they don't leave out. They have fats. They have fiber. They have proteins. They have carbs. They have all the major macros.
1: Yeah, and I think the blue zones. It's it's we always. Uh, it's fun to look at their nutrition and it's funny because right. is like, I think Iceland is actually a blue zone, but they left it off because it didn't really fit the mold. <laughs> it's like a bunch oh, of people eating, eating nothing but like animal products. Wow. Um, uh, <laughs> <laughs> but Iceland has, has, uh, an extremely high number of centenarians, but, but it's funny cause the blue zone, sometimes it's, you know, when you look at it, it's, it, to me, it's, looking at the diet, some of them are so different from each other, right? Okinawans, yeah. it's like this massively high-carb diet, um, yeah. very plant-rich, and then, you know, obviously the Mediterranean, then you got Sardinia and the other yeah. ones. But it's funny how, like, but don't look at their diet without also appreciating that they're, you know, a lot of them are olive farmers that are out in the field all day just picking Correct. olives and getting Correct. sun and, you know. Yes. just looking
0: at ladies in Okinawa who are still – you know, go to the farm and get their own vegetables and cook it. Like, don't, don't, you know, and they have social significance in society, even though they're 100 years old. And, you know, like, all of that adds into it, not yeah. just the time.
1: Yeah, yeah the, the Okinawans, they do a ton with their elders. And there's, oh. you know, I, I haven't read it in a while, but it's the... I think we should, you know, look at all the other pieces of the puzzle because I think those are the things that even with fasting, it's everyone loves to kind of look at these things and they start doing things on purpose and not with purpose and it's it's this, you know, I'm going to I'm going to time myself 8 16, right? I'm going to eat 8 hours a day, I'm going to fast 16 hours a day to the minute every single day. And it's all of a sudden we just we complicate the hell out of this stuff.
0: Yeah. And then, like I said, the allostatic load of being stressed about that offsets all the good <laughs> bene- benefits you're going to get from the nutrients. Like, you know, the, I see families having wars about, you know, oh my God, I can't believe you ate dairy and I told you to not eat dairy and now you're sick again and blah, blah, blah. The fear of touching dairy is so stressful to them that I'm looking at them going, this is not what it's meant to be. Like, it, you know, it, it, it shouldn't be like this, you know, it just right. shouldn't be like
1: but and yeah. it, it's funny too, because speaking of opposites, it's like, I've been pushing all these people to start skipping dinner because they've been skipping breakfast for too long and then they mess their sleep up because there's not that massive circadian boost in the morning, right? So when people yeah. skip breakfast for too long and too too sort of, you know, tightly, it's like eventually they, I, I've seen a lot of people start to have sleep issues and the best medicine isn't, you know, is is to have a massive breakfast and let's reboot this clock. Correct
0: correct o- honestly i i i'm so glad you brought that up i'm so glad you brought that up i think intermittent fasting is fine but i think eating with you know timing it so that your meals are consumed with with the sun and as the sun goes down is just as important you know maybe yeah. readdress the, the the fasting window to be more in light with the circadian rhythm you know unless you live in iceland and then you have 20 hours of sunlight <laughs>
1: Well, yep. Iceland, yeah. It's, <laughs> it, <laughs> it is uh, it is an interesting place. You know, you get 20 hours of sun in the summer and 20 hours of dark in the winter, so it's...
0: Your windows of eating and not eating are going to change dramatically.
1: <laughs> but it's holy smokes in the winter because we've been going every December and having Christmas there because it's just so magical for Christmas, like being on the North Pole. But um. Um, the animal products in the winter are just outrageous. And I know I've talked about them on the podcast before, but just, you know, liver pate, this incredible bone broth. It's just, you know, all these animals that they actually only kill seasonally up there. Um, yeah. it's, it's a magical place to really get some nutrient density. Even Amelia had a couple animal products up there because it's just, you look at the cucumbers and you look at the the liver pate and you know it's not a hard decision these cucumbers those things you know were grown in argentina and they've been on a plane for four weeks
0: (laughs) and the fact it was alive 16 hours ago
1: (laughs) yeah yeah exactly exactly so let's dial back to your um let's dial back to your exercise regimen a little bit ara and i know you're you know working with a lot of golfers as you do and for those that don't know you know you're a physician to a lot of the top golfers on the planet and do you apply apply that sort of principle to their programs as well
0: no you know I a lot of my athletes have trainers and and people who are in charge of writing the programs for them right and one of the things i' I've, I've uh, been you know I think one of the secrets if you want like wanting a better word of my my ability to work with all these athletes uh, for so long is the fact that I stay in my lane. So I I do the medicine side. I work on you know blood markers to reduce inflammation. I do I do all that stuff, and I to a point where you know unless I see something really bad, like if I see the numbers not good, then I would intervene and say something to them. But I let the trainers train them accordingly, you know, and, and, and here's the thing, you know, when, when you are a professional golfer or a professional tennis player, and you are doing that for a living, you know, um, there's, there's different, different conversations that happen. And if you're doing it for a living and you're playing well versus you're not playing well, it's yet another different conversation. So I try to stay out of that. Um, I, my, my, you know, as long as you know, if I'm brought into the conversations, I always bring up the, the basic principles. I was like, look, an athlete to me needs to have all these six things, you know. So don't just, if you, you know, and I always bring up the point that at some point you're not going to be a professional athlete. And then what do you do with your body? So, you know, make sure you have speed because if you don't accumulate speed at a certain age, you lose it and then you can't get it back later on you know, and accumulating strength. Like it's one of those independent predictors of aging well. So build strength. So I, I, I chime in when I can, but for most parts, I don't get involved in the training unless I see something specifically, if I'm dealing with an injury, if I'm dealing with, you know, signs of, uh, increase, uh, load and overtraining or under recovery, then I'd say something, but I don't, I don't design the program for them. Yeah.
1: Um no and that and that makes total sense. I was just on the phone the other day with a guy who's got an extremely high level, well known athlete and we were just chatting about his program and it's funny how these people, they often have just such a massive circle around them, right? Like speaking of state yeah. of their land, they got a guy, you know, that's dedicated to checking his blood pressure and a different guy that's dedicated to checking his blood work, you know, and a different yeah. guy looking at his his travel workouts versus home workouts and, and everything else. But, but ratcheting back, I think that just that, you know, your two a days were, you know, a really interesting, I think like in quarantine right now, right? Like God knows when gyms are going to reopen again, right? And I think this right. This idea of you know a workout or two per day and even if they're twenty minutes long and it's just like get the heart rate up at some point and then you know do something that's a little bit more tactical and strength based and other times uh, it's just a really simple valuable way to to look at exercise and um i think uh, I think a lot of people can glean a lot of a lot of benefit from that
0: yeah, and you know i, I like I said you know if you look at kids you look at animals you look at you know tribe. you know the tribe I spend time with. They don't exercise. They just move, right? They just move, and you know, and it was it really like was eye opening. Spending time with, with the with the Hadza tribe, the huntsmen there, you know, we'd go on these twenty mile hikes, and you know, they would walk fast, but then when they started taking off because they, they saw something or they suspected something, wow, those guys can move really fast, really fast. And they were they were so nimble. They would get through thorn bushes, go under, you know, under this, dig out of that, and climb over this rock and get into this hole. And just really agile, fast, strong people, you know. And they never they, the concept of exercising because I, I have an interview that at some point I'll put it out there uh, with the with the Hatha tribe chief,
1: hmm. and I
0: asked him a whole bunch of questions. And I'm explaining to him like how we would. You know, get in a car and drive to a gym, work out for an hour, drive back and then go to office and not move for the rest of the day. And he he, the concept of like going somewhere to exercise was like blew his mind. Right. It just blew his mind. He was like, why do you have to go somewhere?
1: Right. Well he's like he's he's like our best our best warriors just invested five thousand calories worth of energy to to catch that damn moose. Now you wanna go burn it off?
0: <laughs> I mean are you serious? Like he don't
1: understand it at
0: all. And there was another question I asked this. I said to him, because you know, one of the, the promises we made was we'd only carry water and we won't we won't do we won't take anything else. So if we would eat whatever they ate, right? Right. We would so which uh, was, you know, not well thought out because one of the days they were going to go hunt baboon and I was like, I'm not eating baboon. I, I'm just not, I'm not going to, I'm not eating baboon. I don't want to kill a baboon. I don't want to eat a baboon. But they didn't catch it anyway, but it was for like three days. We we didn't have any food, only
1: water, Wow.
0: right? But on the third day, the fourth day, we went hiking and he was explaining how, where we were going to go. And it was like a 24, 25 mile hike. <laughs> okay, and and so I asked him. I said, you know, do you ever prepare? Like, you know, if you need to go somewhere, you know how we will have a pre-workout or a carb load before I go run and blah blah blah. And I said, you know, I I said to him, I said, would you if you hadn't eaten, would you say, you know what, like we shouldn't go that far because you know I don't, I don't know we got enough energy or or would you eat a little bit more if you had food before you go on a long long hike? And he said. No, just get up and you just go. Yeah. And I, so I said, uh, what happens if you get tired? Then you go. Then you go a little bit slower. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. That was the whole conversation.
1: And he, he, you still have to go. You have to go get food. Well, what are you going to do? Not go. (laughs) Well, it's it's an interesting (laughs) like perspective, and I think that it's it it's very it's kind of explanatory of so many of the things that we see because I think in many ways the human is is engineered and has evolved to be lazy because we've evolved to conserve energy because energy was so hard to come by. And when energy is around, why the hell would we want to move? You know? So it's, it's explains why, you know, right now in quarantine, we're just all addicted to Netflix and, uh, you know, just sitting back eating Doritos because that's how we're, we're wired. If there's food here, why would we move? Uh, and we've kind of lost touch with that, like, don't make excuses, just get out and go, because the the what's driving you is food. So there's this, like, conundrum today. You
0: know, so you have to go get it. Like, there's no conversation about, well, I didn't carb load, I don't know if I can go 25 miles. kind of hot. No, like, dude, if you don't get food, the tribe is going to die. Right. So you haven't got food, Yeah.
1: That'd be the ultimate fat camp, right? Like Biggest Loser. Like forget the TV show and the treadmills. Just send them over to the Hazdas.
0: <laughs> oh my God, that would be awesome. That that's would be a awesome. show.
1: That's a show, Doctor Ara. We'll call it a uh, Doctor Ara and the Tribesmen Weight Loss Camp. <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah, that, yeah. That's Netflix funny. That's funny. <laughs> and so the people can watch it during the, during the quarantine.
1: Yeah, we'll get it on Netflix.
0: <laughs> <laughs> you know, and then, and then you know. Kyle, Sorry, you were going to say something, I think.
1: No, no, tie it up.
0: Uh, So the final point I would say is uh, the ultimate free medicine is also... Yeah, well, like I talked about sleep, right? So they, uh, you know, they would make a fire. They would eat pretty early because once the sun goes down, they don't eat anymore. And they make a fire. They slept under the stars, you know, and woke up with with the sun, you know, Mm -hmm. and... The quality of sleep I was getting there was just ridiculous. I mean, I'm measuring my aura ring, but like, honestly, it was so different, right? Which, which brings me to, you know, one of the key things is even though the quality is not good, we're not even getting enough sleep right now. The best medicine that you can do if you're worried about COVID, sleep. It will, it will help you reduce your mental stress. It will help you reduce your physical stress. And it will boost your immune, like not boost, like really support your immune system. You know, so sleep is the ultimate performance edge. It is the ultimate form of free medicine. And then lastly, I would say that, and this is where COVID is a true challenge, right? Being part of a tribe is, in my opinion, how we evolved. The tribe is a very powerful unit, and being part of that tribe provides you know, significant amount of safety because in a tribe, if you and me are in a tribe, I've got your back because you've got my back because we have no one else, you know? So that, that, that safety comes from being part of a tribe and connecting, you know? And I saw this, this is another thing I saw firsthand. You know the saying, it takes a village to bring up a child. Yeah. It really does. It really does. Like the family, you know, the, the, the husband and the wife give birth to the child. But the child is brought up by all the other mothers and the other, other dads and the other brothers. And, you know, the child is part of this big ecosystem. And, you know, different people will take the child and teach him how to hunt or go do this and dig this. And like, was really interesting watching all those things, you know. And, and I think that even though we've come so far, we are still wired the same way. And so where I see a big challenge is we've lost the connection by not being in close proximity with people and being in social isolation, right? So whatever you can do to reestablish that connection, do it. That is another form of free medicine. It's really good for the soul. Right.
1: And I think, you know, speaking of which, it's, uh, you know, one of the most sort of, evolutionary instincts is also uh to protect your tribe right so Mm -hmm. that's what you know for me um kind of looking out and um feeling like you know we've really been split apart and I think that you know if you you know like I we I don't know if the microphone was on but it's you know around here it's like if you're the guy outside without a mask it's like you're you're kind of getting looked at even though i'm not near anybody and i'm walking my dog and so i think that there's also the tribalism is so necessary for our health but i think the way that that a lot of this has been kind of coming down the hatch it's i'm seeing and feeling a lot of division and a lot of protectiveness of the two three five however many tribes that this this experience has created and so i think awareness of of the need for a tribe and the fact that we're all one is, is just massively important.
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah. It's, it's a wild and crazy time right now.
0: Interesting times, bro. Wait till they come out with the vaccine and then you'll be, you'll, you'll be having big fights about people getting the vaccine versus those not getting the vaccine. And Oh my God.
1: I'm, I mean, I'm worried about a darn civil war about that. I'll tell you that. <laughs> like I think I, Already started. We are already having a discussion. We haven't
0: even come up with the vaccine yet.
1: I know it. I know it. And I think it's, you know, and I gosh, I mean, we shouldn't talk about it on air. But it's, it's a, I think, well, yeah, we should just stop here because I think we'll lose all the listeners anyway. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so. But anyway, Doctor Ara, thank you so much. Always such a pleasure to hang and and chat with you. And I i I was so upset we missed you when we were in Florida. That you know whenever it was, and next thing you knew we were in Luxembourg and basically quarantined here for a while. So we've been a while. It's been a while since we've seen you.
0: Yeah, so fast. The whole thing happened so fast. Ugh.
1: But hey, we will. You know, we're actually chatting about maybe doing uh Christmas somewhere in Florida. Amelia's you're, you know Europeans love Florida for whatever reason. So <laughs> her folks are talking about coming to the US and, and doing a, a a holiday down there. So
0: Go back to Iceland.
1: Oh my gosh. I I want to do that, but we're having some they're having some crazy quarantine stuff going on and you know, we've we've got our dog with us and uh that's the dog would have to go to a two plus week quarantine himself by himself if we brought him to iceland so we're we're kind of in a jam there but hey all right dr Ara, thank you so much and and remind folks that don't remember the last time you were on this show where they can find you
0: uh you can follow me on instagram dr Ara on call uh and then my website dr Ara on call as well um and there's going to be some uh some uh, breaking news coming your way shortly.
1: Breaking news. Can you give us any any further hints?
0: Uh yeah. I'll tell you a little bit. I'm a, I'm I'm actually finalizing. I'm, I'm I created a course on on how my work with athletes. Yeah, and um, it's it's really enabling. You know, it's looking at the metabolic side of being an athlete and how what effects it has on the body and how you can monitor it and how you can study it and how to interpret blood work and saliva work and stool work and urine work and just, you know, allowing you to understand what goes on in a, in a, in, in a person's body at a very high level. So I want to enable everyone to be able to do that because I've been doing it for a long time.
1: That's fantastic. All right. We'll see you, doctor Bye, Ara. Hey guys, I hope you enjoyed today's show. For the show notes for today's episode, head on over to coachjoedi.com and click podcast from the menu. If you'd like to leave a review, which I would absolutely appreciate on iTunes or Stitcher, wherever you found this show, please do so. These mean the world to me. They help me understand what my audience is gaining from these shows that I'm pouring my heart into and ultimately helps us to reach more people because these platforms like shows that get reviews. So it helps us out so much. If you're digging the shows, this would be so great if you could just leave a review. Also, I still give away $150 every two weeks to kettlebellkings.com. To somebody that reviews my show. So if you leave a review, just screenshot it and email it to hey at coachjodi.com, and my team will enter you to win this $150 gift card so that you can outfit your home with a couple of kettlebells on me. Also, when you're in the show notes, you'll find links to any products that we discussed. For full transparency, some of these links do contain affiliate links. This helps me to fund these episodes, pay my staff and ensure that I'm taking care of the people that take care of us. So I absolutely appreciate you clicking links and using codes. It helps keep this train on the tracks. All right, guys, until next week, thank you as always for listening. I really appreciate you guys subscribing and listening to this show every week. I really put a lot into them. So thank you so much. And you'll hear from me again next week. Take care.